this is going to be love walk number 13. Hallelujah. And But before I begin, I hope again that you really are looking at these messages as something that is vitally important for you as a believer in Christ. I said this from the beginning, but I again, so many people miss that this is the heartbeat of all the scripture. So I, I need to repeat myself a few times here. Remember, God is love. Love wrote this book. So to really be able to rightly divide the scriptures, you need to be far better acquainted with this God type of love because that's the spirit that wrote these scriptures. It's what allows you to see some of the, like it says, and I think it's in Psalms, it says, I will show you the deep, the secret, and the hidden meanings of my covenant. In other words, there's things that are right on the top that anybody can see. But remember the word of God says in Proverbs that scripture is like a treasure that you dig for, you search for, you look for. And as I've said already again before, remember he takes us from faith to faith to faith. There's different levels of understanding. But to know love, this kind of love, is to know God. So again, I so pray that we aren't just, again, going through this thinking it's just some ooey-gooey thing. It is not. It is the very power of God that causes the atmosphere of God to be something that's in, right here in the middle of us. Because it's His Spirit, the fruit of His Spirit, His Spirit of love. The fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the meekness, the gentleness, all of these things begin to manifest because this begins to mature in the heart of a person. And like I said on many lessons ago, remember the Lord asked me once, he said, do you think I'm spiritual? <laughs> you know, I laughed. I thought, well, yeah, I guess you're probably the most spiritual you are, you know, spirits. So of course you're spiritual. But see, he began to show me how, again, well, he's love. And so... Love is the greatest definition. His type of love is the greatest definition, the greatest exclamation of spiritual maturity that there is. And that's why he, again, said all those years ago to me, he said, you know, that the more you walk in love, you know, the more spiritual maturity you actually get toward, the more you move toward it, because there cannot be any greater spiritual maturity than the maturity which is of God Almighty. So I hope you notice again, like I said, we've been going through the Gospels, and I've been going basically from epistle to epistle, which is what I'm going to continue to do, because I desperately want you to see that the whole book is networked like a schematic with this attitude and character that you see between the lines of these apostles and these men and, and women of God. They carried this, like David carried this humility, like, you know, uh, uh, Ezra did, you know, just humbling himself. Uh, even this morning I was reading about Daniel again, how he kept saying, we have sinned, and yet they said he was like super righteous. But the identification of knowing, God, we have messed up, not me. In other words, if I just said they messed up, well, see, even that shows a bit of division. Or like Paul in Corinthians, um, some say I'm a Paul, some say I'm a Paulus. And he said, what, why are you creating divisions? Because divisions only create distance and all of this stuff. So it's just so vital. They didn't remember the basic heartbeat verse that we started with is in the Gospels where Jesus Christ himself said, 
a new commandment. Commandment. Remember the word commandment, what it means? It means a decree or a declaration from which there is no retreat. A new commandment, not suggestion, a new commandment that I give unto you that you would love one another even as I have loved you. Why? For by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. And again, please see the depth of that. Jesus said, the way that they're going to recognize, the world will recognize that you're one of mine is by this love that we have for one another. So there's just so much more. And I'm just, you know, I just so pray because I know how it can be sometimes when you listen to messages, you kind of go, oh, okay, here's another one. And see, you, you delude yourself and you allow deception to come when you have that attitude. You have to approach Scripture with an open heart and with an intent to know. Again, it's treasure. There's treasure here. So please don't be lackadaisical in your attitude as you approach the things of God, particularly about this issue of the love walk, okay? Good. Hallelujah. Well, we love you, and I pray you're blessed today. Now, I want us to go to Galatians chapter 6, the first few verses. This again to me to, was just, you know, it's all powerful. I said last week when I spoke about the issue of the a guy who committed incest and talked about how profound that was and that, you know, said to reinstate him into your affections. But here's another passage that, again, like I said, all through every book of the Bible. And I could have spoken about a few things earlier in Galatians, but to me this is one of the most vital. I'm going to read Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2, first of all, from the King James. Brethren, because there's three words here I want you to catch. Brethren. If a man be overtaken, overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore, not destroy, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You which are spiritual, and like I said, there's so much right here. But let's look at this. I'm gonna let me just read the first few verses. They amplified as well. And then I'm gonna take you through the word study of these three words: uh, overtake, um, restore, and meekness. Listen from the amplified, brethren. If any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit. In other words, that's the thing that designate whether you're even able to bring restoration. You which are spiritual. In other words, are you, have you learned to listen to the Spirit? Are you approaching this from the eyesight of God? You who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority. And with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. Verse 2, bear, endure, carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults. Ever met anybody with some troublesome moral faults? And in this way, fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ the Messiah and complete what is lacking in your obedience to it. Now, I'm going to read some more verses in a moment. But I want to just start this. Now, the word in the King James looks said, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Now, the word overtake. Now, really listen to this. 
In the Greek, it's prolambano. It's P-R-O-L-A-M-B-A-N-O. Listen to what it says. It says, this is from, w, all of these are from W. E. Vine's New Testament Diction, Dictionary of New Testament Words. It says, the meaning is not that of detecting a person in the act. Somebody that you find has been overtaken in a fault, been sent. The meaning is not that of detecting a person in the act, but of his being caught by the trespass through his being off his guard. Being caught by a trespass because he was off his guard. Have you ever been off your guard? You know what I mean? It happened. It was totally accidental. Any other time, nothing would have happened. But for whatever reason, you know, weakness was there. I don't know, but you were caught off your guard. But the main thing to see here is he said, you are your spiritual. If we're responsive to the spirit, he said, we are to, again, rest, uh, you know, we are to restore. And you've heard that saying many times about we've seen the army of the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, yet we seem to be the only army that destroys our wounded. That's because I think there haven't been enough truly spiritual people. Now, again, please do not mishear me. I'm not patting my back with some great giant bit of false humility saying I am one of them. All I know is this is what I strive toward. But how many of you found people that are overtaken? Some of the people we deal with in church and in ministry, of course, often it's just that it's they've fallen into a trap. They did not mean to. They were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Satan takes advantage of us when we're weak in mind or even weak in body. We're too tired. We don't get enough rest, and something happens to us that never would have happened before. That's the kind of person this is talking about right here, somebody who's been caught off his guard. But the key is the spirit that Paul's trying to speak to here. If you're spiritual, you which are spiritual, don't destroy him. He's been caught off his guard. He didn't, you know, this is not something that was over and over intentional. Even if people commit intentional sin, we should still do our best to restore. But in this case, it's talking about all of us in general terms who just make mistakes sometimes that we never would have made in the natural. So now let's look at the next word. The ye which are, if you see, if you see a man is overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. Now listen to the word for restore. It's katart itzo. It's spelled in English K-A-T-A-R, katar, then T-I-Z-O, katart itzo. It means to mend, to furnish completely. But listen to this. It speaks of the restoration of one overtaken in a trespass. Please listen. Such a one being a dislocated member of a spiritual body. The tense is continuous present, suggesting the necessity for patience and perseverance in the process. I want to read it again. It speaks of one being as a dislocated member of the spiritual body. In other words, to restore means to relocate back into the place where it's supposed to be, you know, so that it can function as it's intended to. The tense, though, is continuous present, suggesting the necessity for patience and perseverance in the process. Now that, you know, ministered to me a lot way back then because I thought, again, God wants us to restore. Catard eats slow. Like a dislocated member in a body. Now, back in the States, you know, of course, I played football. All of us, you know, grew up playing football and some hard sports. And, 
And um, on every Saturday, all of our friends and stuff in the States, you know, we just all got together, went to a local park, and we played ball, similar to how they play English football over here. You know, his buddies get together and play. Well, you know, we, we were taught when you wore pads and wore the equipment that you did, you know, we're, you're taught to hit as hard as you can. And so on Saturdays, though, we weren't playing for the school or anything like that. We didn't have any pads, but we still had that intent that something on the inside to hit people. And uh, I always remember, you know, we're out in this park, we're playing ball, and this guy, I still remember his name, Mike Tao. Mike comes around, and he's running, he's got the ball, and I'm in the backfield, and I'm going to tackle him, and I, I hit him, and I just hit him. You know, perfect tackle, one of my few times, <laughs> but a perfect tackle, you know, just pushed him, buried him in the ground, hit him in the ground, and his right shoulder totally dislocated, and he starts screaming, you know, his arm is hanging out at all this strange angle and stuff, and the guy's in big-time pain because, you know, this his whole shoulder is dislocated, his arm, I'd rather dislocated from his shoulder, and he's on all kinds of pain. Well, fortunately, we had a guy... Uh, like a junior coach on the sideline, and he'd seen these kind of things because that stuff happens when you play ball. And anyhow, he came up and had Mike stand, and Mike stood up. Man, you can just see him. He's grimacing in pain. It is horrible. He's going through a bit of hell here. And this guy takes his arm, you know, and goes, <coughs> like, <laughs> you know, pops that thing back in, and he, Mike, ah, you know, makes a yell like that. But then, <sighs> but then the Pain left and the relief came, and oh my gosh, how he felt so much better, to say the least. There are people in the body of Christ that are spiritually dislocated. They've been overcoming a trespass. They didn't mean for it to happen necessarily at all, but they are, as it were, a spiritual, uh, dislocated member, a dislocated member of a spiritual body. They've been dislocated. They were caught, overtaken, caught in a trespass by being off their guard. And we are called, he said, ye which are spiritual, you need to restore these people. Don't just break their head open and hit them on the other side and cause the Don't try it. It can only bring more and more dislocation when you speak ill and you condemn and you berate and all what have you. But I love what this also says. It says the tense in the Greek is in the continuous present, suggesting the necessity for patience and perseverance in the process. Now, I'm sure every single one of you have, quote-unquote, tried to help some friends at times. Gosh, uh, you know, when you love people, you want to help them. And it, it hurts so much when you see people that are, quote-unquote, their own worst enemy. You know, they're their own worst enemy. They keep falling and making the similar mistakes, you try to help them, you try to guide them, you try to give them instruction, you, you know, but it just doesn't seem to take. And so often, you know, you just want to back off, so you know what, forget it, that's their call. But this speaks to this. This is the thing that all of us have to grasp about truly loving one another. Listen to it again. Continuous present suggesting the necessity for patience and perseverance in the process. A lot of dislocated spiritual members, just like when Mike Tal had his out, he was yelling and yelling, and when we had to jerk that thing back in, you know, it caused more pain at first. When you go to work with the dislocated members, sometimes, you know, they just, no, I really forget it, leave me alone. 
but that's where you have to have a bit of just like when you put in a physical arm back in there has to be a bit of holy loving aggression to be able to do that come on now let's do this because otherwise you're going to continue to be in pain you're going to continue to suffer and god does not want you to suffer in the body of christ but it takes patience by the person trying to help and long perseverance in the process because some people bless their heart they simply need holy ghost therapy and therapy is something that takes place over a period of time i would i would that every time it was like a miracle boom and they just come to the right mind and everything's fixed immediately but often that's not the case so think about this if you find somebody hear what paul is saying here in galatians 6 if you see someone that's been overtaken overtaken they've been caught in a trap because they were off they found they were caught off guard restore cat dart each soul restore like a dislocated member of a spiritual body we need to put them back in joy we need to do our utmost to do this but it takes great patience and that's one of the signs of are you spiritual because being spiritual, a lot of it, and knowing the love of God, because of you have to see this is how he is with you. He's patient, and he's very persevering in the process of moving you closer and closer to him. Believe me, he's patient with all of us. He is long-suffering, not willing that any of us should perish. So if you find a man overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, responsive to the Spirit, Restore such a man. But then it says, in the spirit of meekness. Now, this is the, when I studied this out the first time, this was the first time I ever really saw the depth of the word meekness in the Greek. It's praeautes. But let me just read you the definition itself. Excuse me. It says, praeautes, it's spelled P-R-A-U-T-E-S. Praeautes is not readily expressed in English. For the terms meekness mildness commonly used they suggest weakness to a greater or less extent whereas praotis does nothing of the kind nevertheless it is difficult to find a rendering less open to objection than meekness gentleness has been suggested but as praotis describes a condition of mind and heart and gentleness is appropriate rather to actions this word is no better than that used in the English version. But listen to what he says here now. It must be clearly understood, therefore, that the meekness manifested by the Lord. Now, Moses was the meekest of all men. And see, we, again, think what he's saying here. We tend to think of the word meekness. We think of weak when we think of meek. But listen to what this says, this definition. It must be clearly understood, therefore, that the meekness manifested by the Lord and commended to us as believers is the fruit of power. Catch that. If you have God's power in your life, if you're a spiritual man, a spiritual woman, if you have God's power, having that power will produce a fruit called praeautes. It will produce a fruit called meekness, not weakness. Now watch what he says here. The common assumption is that when a man is meek, it is because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because he had the infinite resources of God at his command. The infinite resources of God, all might, all power at his command. 
That's what defines somebody that has a godly meekness. And let me read it again. The common assumption is that when a man is meek, it is because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because he had the infinite resources of God at his command. Described negatively, meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. However, the word proutes speaks of equanimity of spirit that is neither elated nor cast down simply because it is not occupied with self at all. Wow. Catch this. Please, really, really catch this. A person who has the revelation of Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, the same power, the same power, not a different, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I am one with God and God is one with me. God's put his spirit into my spirit. I am full of God, Colossians. I'm filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So this meekness that he's, spirit, he's speaking to is the thing that actually allows you to bring restoration, the revelation that I have the infinite resources of God at my command. Why? To us, only because of the grace of God. But we do have the infinite resources of God at our command. But do you catch what's happening? And I love that part. It says it's that equanimity of spirit that is neither elated nor cast down simply because it's not occupied with self at all. In other words, I'm just so aware of him, God, that it becomes easy. I realize I can't relocate this person, per se, but God in me can. I can trust God for his counsel. I can trust the Spirit of God for words of knowledge that will come and spark that place in a man or a woman's spirit that will cause the change and the desire to turn to come. Because of that, I'm able to truly help somebody because I'm not thinking about some counseling grace or counseling skill that I may have. Now, of course, there's nothing. There are people that are trained counselors and they're wonderful. I'm not speaking against any of that, but I want you to catch this. Ye that are spiritual, ye that are spiritual, responsive to the Spirit. Well, what the Spirit will always tell you that God is everything and you're simply his servant but you're his son or his daughter, and you have my infinite resources at your command, thus saith the Lord. But see, that's to produce this place of peace, that equals equanimity, that place of where you're not elated, not cast down, not freaked out. I live and walk and move and have my being in him. I walk in, a, in this plane of knowledge where you know, I'm not elated because I know it's not of me, but I'm not cast down because I know it is of God and God is in me. But I pray that we catch this because, again, this is so important in the love of God because we will find consistently in our Christian experience those who, again, have been overtaken in a trespass. Please hear this. I'm just praying that you do because, again, we don't want to kill our wounded. We have to be patient and persevere in the process. Many, many people in our fellowships around the world and people that you know have been overtaken by some of these things. 
And, you know, it is very sad, but we don't get on the phone and get on a gossip line and share it on Facebook for 14 weeks. No, we pray and we ask God to guide us. And if you have that spirit of meekness, you can bring restoration and relocation. I just love that. Like a spiritual, like a, a member of a spiritual body that's been dislocated. Think about that again. I want to go back now and read the rest of Galatians. Uh, well, verse 3, 4, and 5 in the Amplified. But let me read the whole thing again for the Amplified. Then we'll basically be done for today, I feel. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore, not destroy. And we should, don't add to the pain. Don't add to the pain. You should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority. And that I could talk to a lot of people. And yes, I'm here to help you because after all, I'm a mighty man of God. And I'm so much more spiritual than you. So you should be very fortunate that I'm here to help you. Hallelujah. Listen, when you have been used to help people, uh, you know, it's the devil has nothing new. You know what I mean? There, there, you have to just be, again, the love of God, that equanimity of spirit. I love this whole truth because it's what keeps you from being lifted up, thinking that you're the guy that's doing it. Remember, it's always our dependence upon God that we are to speak to, live to, think of. I am dependent on him for anything and anything and everything I am able to do to help others. All the glory goes to God because who are you to think that what you have, you haven't been given by somebody else. And in our case, we've been given it all by God. Let me keep reading. Should set him right, restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, and then, listen, is keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tested as well. That means to just really be aware when somebody's fallen into a trespass. It just means that some things can be slippery enough that you might slip in them as well. In other words, you need to be control of your, have control over your own spirit. Now watch this. Verse 2, bear, endure, carry one another's burdens and trouble. I love this phrase. And troublesome moral faults. But listen to what it goes on to say. There's a lot of humor in Scripture, I tell you. And well, let me read it. Bear one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults, and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ the Messiah, and complete what is lacking in your obedience to adversary. For, if, listen, if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important, to condescend, to shoulder another's load, when he is nobody of superiority except in his own estimation, he deceives and deludes and cheats himself. Uh, I just, <laughs> verse 4, But let every person carefully scrutinize and examine and test his own conduct and his own work. He can then have the personal satisfaction and joy of doing something commendable in itself alone without resorting to boastful comparison with his neighbor. In other words, the issue is, look what I've done. I've really helped this guy, and you didn't do anything. I'm mean, see, because any good thing, hell tries to pervert. Just like any bad thing, God can turn around and use for good. Well, think about that. But the final bit is what makes me laugh. Verse 5, for every person will have to bear 
be equal to understanding and calmly receive his own little load of oppressive faults. <laughs> I just, it just made me laugh when I read that. I'm going to read it again. Every person will have to bear, be equal to understanding, and calmly receive his own, calmly receive his own little load of oppressive faults. In other words, he, he's saying, guys, don't you understand? We're all on the same chessboard. We all have these oppressive little faults about us. So do not allow yourself to be lifted up and have some air of superiority. You know, there are some people, it's just like when they walk in the room, they walk in the room and their very spirit is calling for attention. And it's a sad sign of a lack of spiritual maturity, in all honesty. But again, we don't jump on them. We just recognize it. And we understand and we're patient with them, long-suffering with them, as God is with us. But anyhow, so I pray that this has blessed you today. Think about this. Brethren, if you see a man, find a man that's overtaken on a fault. You with your spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Overtaken, restore meekness. Got it? Prolambano. But I love proutis and a spirit of meekness, equanimity of spirit, which is neither elated nor cast down simply because he's not occupied with self at all. Why? Because I know it's not me, but I also know I have the infinite resources of God at my command because of his love for me. But see, why did he do all this? So that we can use this to help mankind. We have to catch this. We have to see how this functions. We have to see how it interconnects so that we can grow and be far more mature than we are at the moment. Because the more mature we are in God's love, the more helpful we will be to our fellow mankind. So I pray you catch this today. Amen. Father, I just pray for our people and whosoever may watch this. May they truly be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and receive the revelation of the depth, the length, the height, and the breadth of your love toward them, your love that's in them, and how you want that love to flow out of them to bless mankind. We give you praise, almighty God, that you're so patient with us. We thank you, Father, that you're going to help us be more responsive to your spirit so that we can bring restoration everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus, I pray this over y'all. I love you much. Bye-bye.